Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus, episode 84, the review for Lion King, the remake, the 2019 edition, yeah. gentlemen of the north south east and west and welcome to another episode of film focus i am your host the hypersonic 55 and i'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film related discussion and in the words of peter parker from spider-man 2 i'm back i'm back i think i've used that on this uh, podcast before but screw it it needs to be said i've been away for a little bit of time a little too long for my liking and that's because I ended up going on holiday, like I mentioned on, I think, was it Twitter and, like, the Facebook page? But, yeah, I I was on holiday, you know, running around in Bulgaria for just shy of two weeks, experiencing new things and learning and, um, you know, getting some reference material for, like, you know, some of my own projects. But it was a good time. I just wish I wasn't bitten by as many, you know, bugs out there. But, um, yeah, in that time, I ended up running away and missing a few, like, you know, release dates of certain things. And, uh, yeah, that's why this review for The Lion King remake is taking so long. But, you know, anyway, we're here. And, you know, as you heard at the start of the episode, we're talking about The Lion King remake. You know, the of all the Disney remakes that's been, you know, imp- you know, been talked about, this is the most anticipated one. Because, as everybody on the internet knows, The Lion King is the undisputed champion of animated films. Nothing can touch it. And saying anything bad about The Lion King is blasphemy. And you will be destroyed by millions of people online. The joys of social interaction online, huh? You know, it was a great time, right? But anyway, you know, yeah, we're going to be talking about Lion King in this review. But before we get into the review, we're going to do some background detail as we always do. So, The Lion King, the OG film from, I think it was 93, was it 92? I want to say 93 though. Anyway, that film, it has to be said, of all the animated films that Disney have produced over the years, it is in the upper echelon of, you know, films that people love. Lion King is one of the sort of films that I know people young and old, whether you're, you know, experiencing the film for the first time within the last decade or so, or if you grew up in my era of the 90s, I'm like nearly 30, so a lot of people within my age group saw that film and were just, you know, entranced, and there's a lot of adults who are like, you know, obviously like within maybe 10 to 20 years older than I am who saw The Lion King and were, you know, moved by it. It's a very beloved film, and for good reason. The Lion King is great. I mean, what can be said about the film that hasn't been said already? The film looks incredible, both from an artistic but also an animation point of view. The film looked incredible for its time and still holds up very well today. The voice cast is stellar and it has some of the best music ever. All the songs are very catchy and notable. The soundtrack by Hans Zimmer, gorgeous. And you know, again, go back to the songs. It is some of the most notable music, not only in film, but just pop culture in general. And you'd be hard pressed to find people, you know, in there like, you know, 
20s or older who isn't aware of like you know is it some of these noble songs like uh, you know the opening song like you know circle of life or can you feel the love tonight or i just can't wait to be king you know all these songs man people know this stuff uh but yeah lion king as a kid i love the film next to aladdin it was like you know it was my favorite of like you know all the animated disney films i used to have on vhs now i wasn't one of those kids who was lucky enough to have every disney film in the collection on their shelf i only had a handful but they were some of my favorites so we had you know jungle book 101 dalmatians oliver and company lion king aladdin hunchback of notre dame pocahontas and tarzan when it comes to 90s based stuff anyway we were never lucky enough to have Hercules or Mulan or VHS, unfortunately, but we did see those at a later date and still love those films very much today. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So Lion King, I loved that film and I watched it a great deal up until the point, I think was it in the late 90s slash early 2000s when a friend down the road whose house we used to stay at, she stole our tape, claimed it was hers and we never got it back. So we didn't have Lion King again until my auntie gave us a uh, pirated copy on VHS. I think around 2002 and it held up pretty well although obviously you could tell that the quality wasn't nearly as good the sound was weird and obviously you could hear people laughing in the background and after a little while a few years the tape started to lose its uh, color so after a while I really needed like another tape to record some uh, cartoons on TV so I recorded a few episodes of I think Dragon Ball Z on Ned Ed Nettie during the front and the middle of the film so whenever I used to rewatch, uh, you know the film I'd see these little points where it just cut in and out and I'm like yeah I'm an idiot but you know I needed the video space so anyway I was in love with Lion King up until about maybe my mid-teens, maybe about 16, 17. After that, I just sort of moved away from Lion King. I guess it's just because I started like uh, my film course in college, so my plethora of films started to expand and my uh, you know knowledge of film started to allow me to venture into genres of film that I'd never seen before. And uh, yeah, of all the Disney films that I ended up re-watching, it was just one that started to fade into the background. But in this time, I also started to notice online that there was just this crazy love for The Lion King that just emerged, where for some reason, I don't know if it was just like an anniversary or something like that, but there was this overwhelming, overbearing amount of people proclaiming their love for The Lion King. And don't get me wrong, I, you know, shout about the stuff that I love on the internet all the time. Uh, I just try not to be too much of like, you know, a crazy person about it. But there were people online, I think during like, what, 2008 to about maybe 2011, just claiming the godliness of The Lion King. The Lion King was the best thing since sliced bread in the world of animation film and just everything in general. And if you had anything negative to say about it, the internet will come down in you like the sky fell and you'll be buried in the depths of the earth with your negativity. Oh, you know, whenever I said like, oh yeah, you know, I don't really... I don't love The Lion King. I think it's really good, but I don't love it. It's just like, what? You don't love The Lion King? And I'm like, oh my God, what is this? And over the last like five to 10 years, I've said to myself, I really want to rewatch this film again just to see how it holds up because I have a lot of nostalgic love for it. But at the same time, I'm just like, I just, I don't feel like I'm going to enjoy it like I did when I was, you know, five, six years old. And it's a shame because that was such an important part of my life back then. And I just, I just can't, I can't see myself going back to it. But anyway, now we move on to this film, this remake. When Jon Favreau did his remake of The Jungle Book, which I was pretty interested in seeing because it was a live action remake of the original set with, you know, 
photorealistic looking animals and uh, just a kid in a, you know, completely fabricated CGI jungle. And that film at the time I really, really liked. I rewatched it again and I thought it was, you know, still pretty good. I still think from a visual point of view it's great and there's certain changes that they made to the story and the Mowgli character that made me enjoy it more than the original. But yeah, man, I mean, like, I thought, okay, when they announced not too long after the Jungle Book success that there was going to be a Lion King remake and Jon Favreau was going to be coming back to do it, I'm like, okay, cool, that's cool. You know, he's the guy that's pioneered this whole, like, you know, new uh, version of the characters and, you know, this live action stuff. So he's dealt with these, uh, you know, CGI animals. It'd be interesting to see what he did with the Lion King. Now, the voice cast started to be assembled, and it was interesting when you had, like, uh, you know, musicians being added to the cast, like Beyonce and Donald Glover, and obviously we found out that James L. Jones was coming back as, uh, you know, Mufasa, which was great, because he has a very distinctive voice, and trying to recast that, very, very difficult, and, you know, anyone who was, you know, replacing those uh, shoes would have been, you know, practically dead on arrival, no offense. But I was happy that James L. Jones was back. There was other people that I wasn't overly keen on, but, you know, these things happen. I was like, okay, well, let me just see what the film looks like. And straight from the first, you know, trailer, I was like, mm, I don't know about this one. And, you know, was it at this point in time, we've had at least several Disney live action remakes, retellings, whatever you want to call them. And they have been at fluctuating levels of quality. For me, my favorite is still the Cinderella remake just because it was essentially the same, but they changed enough things and had a really nice aesthetic along with a really good cast that really worked for me. I didn't really like Maleficent because they just done goofed the character and made her just awful. You know, Alice in Wonderland, it was an interesting concept, but just ruined by many things. Didn't watch the second one. Beauty and the Beast was fine I just don't care for that film in general and I haven't seen Dumbo because you know I don't really care for Dumbo you know you hate me if you want the cool thing about Dumbo was you know was it him hanging around with like you know Timothy at least I think that's the name of the mouse and hanging around with those weird jive talking crows who helped them learn to fly and that wasn't even in the movie so I was like nah I'm out and Aladdin the film that was my childhood and everything and I know, obviously, everyone says, oh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not ruining your childhood because the original film is still there. But I'm like, I don't, I, if I don't feel the need to see it, then I don't want to see it. So, yeah. But some people have said that the film's all right, so I might give it a watch later on in the year. But anyway, I'm tangenting again. Point is, The Lion King remake, I was interested in when it was in its very early conception. But by the time all the trailers started coming out and all the people were hyping it up, I'm like, I don't really care about this movie. And I had an idea in my mind of what the film would be. So I finally saw it today, just over a week after it came out in the cinema. And, uh, yo, I got thoughts. So, as per usual, as we do with these uh, reviews, we talk story, characters, presentation, and then the overall conclusion. So without further ado, we're going to jump in. Alright, and now it's time to talk about that story. And I feel like I don't need to explain this because most people already know what the Lion King story is. And if you've seen the trailer, you already know that this film is essentially just retelling the story. There's not really much changed in this film. But okay, for the sake of, you know, is it those who don't know, I'm going to try and do my best summary without going into spoilers. Although, again, this story is pretty old. But anyway, here we go. So the story of the Lion King revolves around Simba and his tale of 
adventure, tragedy, and redemption. Essentially, Simba starts out as a curious and tenacious little lion cub who wants to prove himself to be more courageous and older than he is. He has a best friend, Nala, a scary uncle, Scar, his mother, whose name I've forgotten, and Mufasa, who is his father and is king of the Pride Land, the area in which he resides. Unfortunately, due to a tragic accident, it forces Simba to leave the Pride Land and grow up far away from home. But when his friend comes back into contact with him after many years looking for help, Simba has to do some soul searching to find out who he is and return home before things get worse. And that is the broadest generalization of this story without going into the area of spoilers. Now, I was interested to see what they were going to do with this film. As it stands, the Disney live action remakes have, you know, fluctuated in terms of how much they adhere to the original source material and how much they deviate from it. And, you know, at the end of the day, they are, you know, still the same recognizable stories that we know, but I think the best of them have found a way to, you know, deviate but still keep the original core story intact. This film, however, is essentially the same. This film is beat for beat The Lion King just in live action, or at least like, you know, live action CG. I was able to, you know, was it remember whole scene sequences and even the introduction. It even ends in the same way as well. This is again, beat for beat the same thing. And I couldn't help but think the entire time I was watching it, I'd much rather be watching the original. Here's the thing, the story is competent, it's fine, and the cool thing that they do with the story is that there's certain, like, character interactions that do enhance, like, certain aspects of, like, you know, is it certain relationships. There's certain, like, you know, conversations that, you know, fill in certain gaps, or there's certain scenes that are added that explain how, you know, certain characters got, a point, got from point A to point B, essentially. Um, but some of these extra scenes that are added, whether they be like, you know, just short conversations or like, you know, just extra scenes that weren't in the original, it just felt like filler, felt like padding. And I was just thinking, okay, was this entirely necessary? Did you really need this? You could shave this film down by, I think, almost half an hour and you'd still get the same result, to be honest. Yeah, here's the thing about this story. If, you, if this is your first interaction with The Lion King, especially if you're a child, I think you'll enjoy this. But this film feels like it's missing so much soul and fun and charisma and charm and flair and oomph that the original had. And while that definitely has a lot to do with the presentation side of things, which I'll get to in a bit, and, you know, was it the way in which the voice cast has been directed? I just feel like the story overall is just the same, but just less. And, um, I don't know, the pacing felt a little slower. And, yes, I know that this film is trying to replicate the story of The Lion King in live action. So, obviously, certain things would have to translate into a slower slash different pace. And there was certainly some interesting stuff done. But, again, I was just watching the film and I'm just like... Yeah, this is fine, but it's just, it's not the same. And, you know, I would have appreciated a few more changes. Now, I know when it comes to remakes of things, there's always, you know, was it a vocal aspect of the audience who want the same thing again, but then there's other people who want change. And, you know, regardless of which way you swing on the pendulum or, you know, come in the middle there'll always be someone complaining about the way in which you've chose to do something 
And, you know, The Lion King as an original film is, you know, pretty much solid. The only thing I guess I don't really like about it is that, you know, young Simba, he's a bit of a punk, man. He's just so annoying. But, um, yeah, I mean, that happens with a lot of kids' characters, so you can only, you know, take that so far. But, yeah, story, I don't really have much more to say about it beyond the fact that it's the same. All right, and now it's time to talk about the characters, and whew, this is where things start to get a little bit more questionable. Now, if you've seen the original, you know exactly how these characters sound. You know their inflictions, you know their tones, their pitches, everything, from the way in which they sing to the way in which they deliver all of their lines. It's pretty memorable, it's all pretty solid. And when they announced this new cast, I was like, yo, man, you've got a pretty nice collection of people that you've assembled here. Donald Glover, Seth Rogen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Alfre Woodard, Billy Etchner, John Canny, John Oliver, Beyonce Knowles, and James L. Jones as the main people of this cast. You're like, yo, man, that's a good cast. They're probably going to do a pretty good job. And here's the thing. It's underwhelming. I don't know if it's just the voice direction that they were given, but this this voice cast just... Oh man, okay, so here's the thing. Some people fared a little bit better than others. Timon and Pumbaa were fine, and James L. Jones, while he's definitely lost a bit of that oomph that he had in his voice back in the 90s, he still sounds pretty darn good for, you know, the most part. But everybody else just seemed a little dull. Like, they were lacking a certain level of charisma. And again, I think this might be down to the realistic take on the film, which requires these characters to hold back. But then at the same time, there's certain moments where characters are super charismatic, but then there's others that just don't seem to give off the same kind of energy. And I think that's the thing. Overall, everyone just sort of lacks a certain level of energy that is required for this film. And, you know, again, if you're going to remake something, you're going to have to do it either better or just as good as the original one. The voice cast just felt flat. And that was extremely unfortunate for me because I was really looking forward to seeing what some of these people would do. And it was just, you know, so let's start out with uh, Simba played by Donald Glover. I'm not even going to mention that kid because I just didn't care for his voice at all. Donald Glover was fine. He was good and it was really odd to hear his voice coming out of Simba as opposed to Matthew Bodrick, who I know a lot of people don't like as Simba, but he's my Simba. So, you know, whatever. I thought he was fine. And his singing voice was pretty good, but again, he just, his voice was just not oomphy enough, you know? Chipotel Ejiofor was the main surprise of Scar, because he can play bad guy very well. If you've seen him in, uh, was it Serenity and Four Brothers, this guy can be intense and his voice can be gorgeously bad. You know, is it, you know, just in an evil kind of way. But here he just felt very restrained. And, you know, there were certain moments where he was able to flare up a little bit. But again, he just wasn't as intense as I would have liked. And, you know, you had other people like uh, Alfre Woodard as uh, Sarabi or uh, John Canny as Rafiki or even John Oliver as Zazu. He has more, like, you know, voice time than the other two people I just mentioned. But they just felt severely underutilized and just, again, didn't have the same presence that the original voice cast had. And uh, Beyonce as Nala, she was fine, but it was better when she was singing, just because, again, just so flat. All of, Most of the performances in this film just felt so flat and dull. The only people that came out of this, you know, fairly well 
with Billy Etchner as Timon and Seth Rogen as Pumbaa. Those guys were allowed to, you know, just be themselves and while they were different from the original cast, they had enough, uh, you know, good banter back and forth that they ended up being the most charismatic and memorable of the voice cast just because they felt like they were having fun. They had a little bit more charisma and presence to their voices than the other people did. It's just... I'm just surprised that it was just so flat, you know? Voice cast, they were fine, but they could have been so much better. Alright, and now we move on to the big boy, the presentation. One of the key aspects of this film that was going to make this film succeed or fail. And here's the thing. From a visual point of view, this film was spectacular. The way in which, you know, John Favreau along with his CGI wizard people were able to go about and make this film look as pretty as it is, is an achievement. They were able to basically take what they learned with the Jungle Book and then just go full on in depth with all the animal based characters. All their, like, you know, is it attributes that you, you know, attribute to their, you know, realistic counterparts was done in such a great way. The way in which they were able to implement certain camera moves, which clearly wouldn't be able to be done in live action. Or maybe has been done in live action but not done with you know CGI animals it was done really good there were some really good tracking shots some POV shots and just unexpected things that you know made the film have a nice sense of variety when it came to some of the camera shots some stuff that even looked like I was watching you know uh, planet earth or like you know one of those other sort of documentaries that you might see on National Geographic but yeah the film looks great and you know in terms of its realism the way in which it was trying to capture that style it looked pretty good that being said, I feel like this film lacks such an amount of oomph and, you know, was it character that the original film had. The cool thing about the original Lion King was the way in which the characters were able to emote and show their larger than life personalities, whether they were good or bad, and the way in which they were able to jump around and express themselves and, you know, just full on be part of you know the scene in like such a big magnetic and engaging kind of way and this film's characters just seem to lack so much oomph and charisma and because their faces are pretty much just you know almost emotionless the entire time unless they're you know you know especially with the lions are growling because they're angry you can never tell what they're really thinking so it's down to the voice performance to fully communicate how that person's feeling and while the voices do a decent job it would really have helped if these characters had a little bit more emotion in their faces so that we could you know sort of see on their faces how they were feeling because sometimes i felt like i was just looking at you know staring at uh faces that just didn't emote and i'm like I can't read you. It's not very good. <laughs> um, but yeah, just that and the color scheme. I understand that in the realm of animation, you can do a lot. But the color scheme of The Lion King was one of the core aspects that made it so much fun, especially during some of the, you know, was it musical sequences? And this film, because of its realistic, you know, tone, just lost so much of that charm and wonderful amazingness that came with that original it, it just doesn't translate as well and it just highlights why the realm of animation just has so many advantages over live action 
something was lost in translation here and that can definitely be attributed to the soundtrack as well now this film essentially borrows a lot of the core music from the original all of the original themes you'll recognize and you know some of them sound pretty decent some of them don't sound nearly as impactful as they did when they first came around and when it comes to the songs themselves circle of life wasn't that bad can you feel the love tonight even though it's one of my least favorite songs in any film ever this new version wasn't nearly as good i just can't wait to be king one of those songs again that i just don't really like much anymore but i still have a lot of nostalgic love for this new version th these kids didn't the the voice cast just didn't have the power and it was so disappointing and when it comes to Akuna Matar, not too bad but again there was just a lack of oomph when it came to the vocal performances of the song and be prepared one of my all-time favorite songs was almost just sort of thrown in there as like I don't know halfway through a conversation and it just sort of bled into the song itself and it was just so poorly implemented so ugh, the amount of disappointment I felt was insane and now we come to the conclusion the Lion King remake it's serviceable but it's just underwhelming I've seen not nearly as many films as I would like in 2019, but of the films I've seen, I'd probably say that this is probably one of the most, if not the most, underwhelming film I've seen this year. And of all the Disney remakes in general, this just had all the boxes ticked in terms of what a remake is supposed to have, you know, just to quell the audience and you know what little changes they made were minimalistic and had no significant you know was it addition to the story it could have just been taken out it felt like filler the voice cast although talented felt like they were underutilized and just not very well directed because they all just lacked such urgency they felt like they were just you know just there you know just like nah, 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 rather than being you know a little bit more oomphy about it and I hate to be using these words uh, you know so consistently uh, you know as it I could you know expand my uh, vocabulary but there's only so many words I can use to you know describe my disappointment <laughs> with this film again it looks really nice it's fine if this is your first version of the Lion King but it could have been so much more but I'm not gonna bag on the film too much you know in the end, I saw it. I will probably forget about it in a little bit, um, you know, once the summer's over. But yeah, just, I kind of assumed that the film would end up this way. I just hoped for more. But yeah, that's about it. That's all I have to say. If you want to attack me about my opinion of this film, like, you know, is it bring it on? I'm ready. I got tough skin, baby. At least that's what I tell myself. <laughs> anyway, if you have thoughts about The Lion King or my review or both, you know, just holler at me on Twitter where I am at Hypersonic55 or at FilmFocus55. Or, you know, drop me a comment on this, uh, you know, review on SoundCloud. Or, you know, check me out on iTunes. We're all over the place. Anyway, that's pretty much it for another episode of Film Focus. Thank you for listening. And uh, for those of you who are waiting, thank you for coming back. And uh, hopefully we will be back very soon to talk about some other stuff still got some other things to talk about very very soon so yeah this is another episode of film focus coming to a close thank you for listening and until the next time this is the hypersonic 55 signing out peace <laughs>